Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Welcome to the Kwame Lasser Sports Talk Radio Show, Tuesday morning, October 16th, Phoenix, Arizona. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris, Cindy Liska in studio. We have a couple other guests here, but we will be talking with them later. Ladies, weekends quickly. Had one. Okay. Uh, went to Beauty the Bonzer, represented for uh, Sounds of Autism as well as uh, all the other things. Balance the spectrum of <laughs> autism. It was a great event. It was really nice weather, great uh, entertainment, and had a lot of fun. Sounds of uh, Autism represented big time. We had a lot of people showing up there. Did Mike McDonald, Signiamo, be there? He sang. Okay. I don't know what song he sang, but he sang. <laughs> He's not on my hit list. We're just. I went to see Argo. Yeah. Um, and then I was a mom the rest of the weekend. We went to see Tra- Hotel Transylvania as well. That was kind of good. <laughs> yeah. Argo was amazing. Everyone go. It's. It was amazing. I've heard nothing but amazing. good things about yeah. it. Yeah. Acting, directing, storyline, everything. Nothing. Good things. Yeah. And what did you do? I watched a lot of sports this weekend. Really? That's, yeah. Real sports were on this weekend. It's good to know. Yeah, was, there was a lot. Uh, okay, uh, I digress. <laughs> uh, NFL, we're going to talk a lot about. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball injuries that have uh, kind of rocked the sports world mm. in one way or another. Not necessarily in severity, but... Well, changing in, uh, the complexity of the playoffs. Well, mm. it's also changes the complexity of franchises, two of them, yeah. uh, namely. Uh, we got to start with the Cardinals. Lost 19-16 to Buffalo. This is this was a tough loss, you know. Uh, Buffalo had given up 97 points in their previous two games, and the Cardinals can muster up only 16. Kevin Cobb gets injured. I believe it was his sternum, which was the preseason problem with him. When you're sacked 22 times in the last three games, 20, 28 sacks overall in the year, it turns it turns out to not be his fault when it comes down to it. When he has no time to throw the ball, when the pocket collapses on him almost instantane- instantaneously, it seems. There's only so much he can do. I mean, he's only human. Yeah, you got to have a few guys out there protecting you every once in a while. You know, to be a quarterback, you got to have some kind of protection in order to make your plays. And this guy's been hit so many times that he's got to be hesitating on some of his plays, which is giving the defense a lot more time to get to him as well. Hasn't yeah. that been a cardinal issue for quite a while, though, the offensive line and protection? It's always been, <laughs> yeah. it's always been the yeah, Achilles heel. Uh, Jay Feely, uh, no one made a 61-yard field goal. Uh, it's going to be forgotten in uh, about you know two seconds because they actually lost the game. So uh, there's not really much to talk about there. William Powell, I think, was was a big bright spot. Uh, he was the leading rusher in the preseason for the Cardinals, and he actually had um he actually had uh, a pretty good game. Oh, Kwame Lasseter, nice of you to join Dude. us. Dude, did you bring your sexy voice with you? I keep that with me. <laughs> Yo, Kwame. So uh, we're talking about the Cardinals. They they're four and two. They're on top. They're tied for on top of the division. But they have six. They have, 
Kwame Lasseter. They have uh, they have ten, <laughs> Back they at have, the airport. They have ten games left, uh, six, six on the road, uh, and and the the combined record for the teams they still have to play are thirty seven and twenty one as opposed to nineteen and seventeen for the first six weeks. What do you think? I mean, granted, they beat the Eagles and the Patriots, which people probably didn't think they would have done. So them losing to St. Louis and Buffalo, I guess, kind of evens the playing field. But with all of all of the teams that are three and three, the whole AFC East is three and three. You have three, four, and two teams uh, in the NFC West. Oh, this uh, the makeup of this season has been has been interesting because there's no real runaway team so far. Uh, what do you think the Cardinals need to do to in, to maybe make a playoff run? Well, if you look at that uh, New England game, they tried to get rid of they tried to get rid of that game in the final seconds uh, with the uh, Ryan Williams fumbling at the, in the final seconds to give them a chance to win. He misses the field goal, so the Cardinals end up actually he fumbles the Cardinals end up getting kicking the field goal. Then you go into the um, look at the Miami game where they didn't have a running game at all, but they made an effort to do it. That's why he was called for five for five on play action, which is good. Well, they need to establish the running game. You mentioned Powell being one of the top leaders in the preseason. That's preseason because a lot of teams, um, they're trying to find out what kind of defense they're going to run. And granted, he did what he was supposed to do as he went in. That's a guy the Cardinals cut twice uh, in one year, and he came out and proved his worth. And I think he did a good job this weekend. Uh, what the Cardinals' problems are, their offense is too predictable. And they, they work on making plays better instead of working on different plays and being and not being too predictable, their formation needs to change. Their their personnel needs to change as far as the package are concerned. You have a lot of guys injured. Um, I, what I do is, is command the defense of not pointing the finger. You know, after that game, I talked to a lot of defensive players. I was I was there broadcasting the game, but I talked to a lot of defensive players, and you know, they they doing a good job of not not pointing the finger at the offense, but the offense will never look at them eye to eye. And if you look at what they did defensively, they've never given up more than 15 to 17 points. And when you have that, you should be ranked in the top 10 defensively in the National Football League. So what that's saying is the offense is not getting it done. The offense needs to put up more points. You should win majority of those games. You go into a game like Buffalo and you go like, this is a must win, where they were sitting 4-1 and at that point, and you think this is a must win. It's only a must win because the next seven games, five of those games are on the road. And it makes it tough to win on the road. You like to win all your home games and then half your games on a row. Those are good teams. Good teams do that. Great teams find a way to win 75% of those on a row. Uh, but the Cardinals at the point right now are searching. And I think the search comes from the offensive player not being more combative, not making more plays, not putting the ball. If you watch that uh, Buffalo Bills game, but they got a gift. Now, granted, it was a 49-yard field goal, but they got a gift on the first play of the game mm-hmm. you know, where, where he fumbled. It was uh, Fred. Fred fumbles the ball. They get it. They're not able to capitalize and make a first down. So now the Cardinals have to kick a 49-yard field goal. Jay Philly had two of those. Had a 61-yard. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he missed the one that would take that, made that game a victory for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, which was a 38, 38-yard. 38 38-yard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the it, playoffs they have to have more stellar offense. The defense got to stay stellar. Offense needs to pick it up. Play at the pace the defense is playing at. Yeah, one of the one of the main things that kind of ticked me off towards the end of that was they could have run an extra play where, to center the uh, to center the ball instead of making him kick from the right hash. They had plenty of time to do that. Uh, six of the teams that six of the teams that they're six out of the ten teams that they're playing for the rest of the season are either tied or have the outright lead in their division. So to make the playoffs, you're, you're right. I mean, Adrian Wilson, Patrick Peterson, their secondary is playing well. They just need they need to protect the quarterback. 
getting sacked nine times by St. Louis defense is, is unacceptable. And uh, if if that's going to continue, then the Cardinals have no chance. So uh, we'll no. see what we'll see what happens with that. I want to move to another team you played for, the Chargers. Uh, this was a tough one for uh, for Charger Nation. Broncos beat them 35-24, scoring 35 unanswered, unanswered points in the second half after the Chargers seemingly had um, had total control in the first half. Uh, I mean, granted, there were there were two Broncos turnovers that led to points for the Chargers, but Philip Rivers just kind of imploded after the pressure after the pressure came on in the second half. This is North Turner's mo. You know, I know how you love North Turner, Kwame, but the, they played not to lose starting halfway through the second quarter, running the ball. I mean, it, the beauty of the Chargers' offense is airing the ball out, having Robert Meacham, having Antonio Gates, who finally uh, produced, having Malcolm Floyd, these big receivers that can stretch the field. I don't know why they're trying to force the ball, run, run, pass, third down, punt. I, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, San Diego Chargers haven't had a running game since Ladainian Thomas left, and that was in the prime of his career. Um, and, and they do have a pass-happy offense, which is their strength, and they don't cater to it as much. But in an offense, you have to have a running back by committee. You have to have two decent running backs where the play action does work, where there's no play action in San Diego because they, he's always in a shotgun. So when he does get under the center, you're not fooling the linebackers. The linebackers are still in pass coverage because they haven't had any effective running game. North Turner, in my opinion, is a great offensive coordinator. It becomes a problem when he becomes a head coach and he has to control all facets of the game, whether that be managing the uh, offense, defense, and the special teams. That's when he'd be having the problem. But you shouldn't lose a game where you're 24 up and you let a guy. And granted, that was Peyton Manning, but I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care if it was Roger Starback. You shouldn't lose a 24-zip football game. The Chargers were spotted two, uh, 14 points. So Phillip Rivers had the luxury of throwing a ball down the field without error, or if he made one, they was already up by two scores. Uh, so I think they need to get finally running game to establish a balance on that offense so it works for everybody. The defense uh, can only be out there like Arizona Cardinals. You can only be out there so many times before you break. Right. Uh, yeah. You bend, 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 but so many times before you break, and then everyone who doesn't, that doesn't know football will start looking at defense and say, well, how they let them score? Well, you forget they was out there 70 plays. You shouldn't be out there anymore than 70 plays in a football game. In the second half, the Chargers drives, they had six drives, and <laughs> two of them were lost fumbles, three of them were interceptions, and the one that they actually had punted, they were minus four yards on it. Right, and I, would, I wouldn't say Noah Turner's is that bad a coach, but you have to have a grasp of the situation, your team, or any business you're in to say, let me stop the bleeding so we can get out here with a win and we can fix those problems. A lot of those problems are fixable. Take care of the football. Uh, control a running game. Um, I'll tell you this. The offensive line coach was surfing before the game. Four hours before the game, he's surfing. Uh, whether that has anything to do with his play calling, maybe that's his relaxation. We all have our, our pregame rituals or things we like to do. But on Sundays is when I think about football. I don't think about how many people in my family need tickets, who's at the stadium or what. It's all football. So I don't know if they have full uh, attention on what's going on over there in San Diego. I don't know. North Turner may have naked pictures of the owners because he won't get fired. He, he, he's doing he's doing things that um, most head coaches, <laughs> winning head coaches don't do. You take control of that game when you have a commanding league and, a, and the opportunity to win that football game. And that was an AFC West divisional game. Mm-hmm. That counts as two Does wins it- or two losses. 
doesn't the fact that though I mean not every quarterback would have done what Peyton Manning was able to do either to come back with that? Well, I mean, I oh. think. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's sorry, Doug. I think that the the two pick sixes that Philip Rivers threw, even though one was kind of put put the game out of reach, kind of helped because. You know that gave that that gave uh, Philip Rivers, I mean uh, Peyton Manning, even more time to assess the situation. And the Chargers' defense, uh, uh, just like the offense, were playing not to lose. They were playing prevent defense. So uh, a bunch of yards that Peyton Manning got. Granted, the touchdown pass to Brandon Stokely was a, a ridiculous uh, p- uh, pitch and catch, which was great. Um, but I mean, this was this is just North Turner being North Turner. Deb, get in here. Well, part of it is yeah. you need to look at the energy of the game too. That you know we see it over and over again that when all of a sudden the team that's winning starts to become uh, you know the the team that's starting to lose plays and make mistakes. Now the energy starts to shift, and as a uh, a coach and as leaders on the team, you need to learn how to manage your own energy as well as manage the the energy of the team, so you can get your guys back in there rather than thinking that they're defeated and oh my God, here comes Peyton Manning, so you know we may lose this instead staying in that you know that winning attitude and going out there harder than you have in the past. Absolutely, well, I mean well, I most, think most teams lose, most teams lose when they get in a situation like that. Oh, uh, two things: one is to prevent when you start preventing yourself. Or winning a football game or finishing off a football game, that's when you find it coming down to one play. Most football games do come down to one or two plays. But with that comfortable lead, those guys are not professional enough to stay in a football game for four hours or three and a half hours. You have nothing else to do but win a football game, and then you're thinking, okay, we got this done. Now, it was Peyton Manning, as I mentioned earlier, but I think when you, you have a team that's relaxed and not playing with the same intensity, well, any quarterback could have probably did that. That's worth his weight uh, at that position. So the mentality of what these guys are doing and how they approach the game didn't didn't fail well when they how they finished the game. Right, and and, it, and I agree with you, Kwame. It goes back to not only the mentality of it, but also the resilience that when. You know, we're burning energy all the time. Every time we think, every time we feel, every time we move, we're burning up energy. And if these guys are, you know, burning up their energy and not knowing how to restore it within the game when they're on the sidelines, then by the end of the game, they're SOL. And the, you know, they don't have what they need in order to make those final plays. This is that's all well and good and everything, but it all comes down to the coaching. I mean, I think the players can do, players play, but you th- you say if you have Bill Cower or Ron Rivera uh, wearing the headset as the head coach, that they're they're uh, they would lack lack the drive to to put up 40 points. Instead of just being okay with 24 and trying not to lose, it all comes down to North Turner just being an easygoing. He doesn't control the locker room. Philip Rivers is sometimes looked at as a as a choice word, you know, enter expletive here. But I mean, he, I mean, he had five turnovers, six turnovers yesterday. So there's some sort of there, there's some sort of disconnect between the coaching and the players, and it always stems from the head coach because you can fire a coordinator easy. Well, you were, yeah, well, and unfortunately for San Diego, unfortunately, is, is Noah is the coordinator and the head coach, but most coaches on, on veteran teams are pretty much just managers. It's the, it's the players team. When you don't have that leadership as far as players concerned, what more do you want a coach to do? The coach takes all the blame. He takes all the losses. He, he always gives the wins to the, to the players and he takes the losses on, on his own, put them on his own shoulders. But if you don't have a veteran team, um, yeah, you mentioned Coward. Coward, well, he set the tone with his players from the draft. He set the tone with his players from free agency. You bring in those guys who's not going to allow a 24-point slide to uh, to lose a football game when you have it pretty much under control for two and a half, three quarters. You bring in the right players, and, and now I become a manager for that team and not so much a coaching. I coach on Sundays. I teach during the week. 
it, that's what you want that team to be, and you want those professional guys who's getting, who's doing what they're supposed to do, and and their profession and their job, and go about their business a certain way. You want them to say, let's bring it together, let's find a way to get back into our mode. Right. Yeah. Uh, hey, Kwame, we got to take a break. Uh, Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. We'll be back in about ninety seconds. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career tune in to life after the game with lamar campbell every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris, Cindy Liska in studio. We have Kwame Lasseter on the line. We were talking NFL football, Chargers, Broncos, epic collapse last night, and this is off the. This is coming off the uh, the heel of the Chargers blowing a ten point lead in the third quarter to New Orleans last week. So I, I think a bye week is has never been more never been more wanted, never been more necessary for the Chargers to save their season as it is for this week coming up. I do want to quickly touch on the Eagles-Lions. Uh, Eagles blow another game. Uh, lose 23-20 to in overtime to the Lions. Jason Hansen kicks a field goal at the end of regulation and in overtime to win. Michael Vick, story again, 28-46, 311 yards, two touchdowns. But again, two interceptions plus a botched snap that led to another fumble. 30 fumbles in, 30, in his games. last 30 games. Yeah. Uh, this year, 13 turnovers, eight interceptions, five fumbles. Yikes! Uh, I mean, th- there's really other, not much other to say. He's doing point. pretty well, though. Yeah, I mean, right? it's, there's something. <laughs> finally, people are starting to. I, I don't understand. I mean, he's people are starting to realize that he's smaller than people really think he is now. Uh, he's tiny. He's uh, he's five nine, five ten, listed as. He's probably you know 115 pounds. It looks like. Uh, oh. Michael Vick, I was kidding. I think he's like 175. Oh, that, was, that was sarcasm. <laughs> I'll teach you about sarcasm, sarcasm, Kwame. Uh, <laughs> this is really starting to become disheartening because this is not only Michael Vick's head on the line, but Andy Reid's as well. This might be the last nail in the coffin for Andy Reid in Philadelphia. You know, they are such a such a polarizing team. They could look like the best the the best thing in the NFL, or they could look like they should be playing in college football. So I don't really understand where the disconnect is, but I think it might it might be the head coach again. Like I mean, like Terry Francona in Boston after winning two World Series. 
the team just started stopped responding to him, and I think that might have might be what happening in uh, in Philadelphia. I think uh, Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the uh, National Football League. Have been for a while. Um, I do. I, I don't make excuses for guys or for anything, really, for that matter. Um, he did have a death in his family. His son passed away before the season started. Um, and, and you want to be, you want to believe that you can move on from that, but unconsciously that, that kind of weighs on you. Or what is it, Deborah? Subconsciously kind of weighs yeah, on you. Yeah, subconsciously uh, it'll stay with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was right. Okay. Yes, you were right. Yes. Uh, so the next time I see you, I'll pat you on the back. For nice that. little plug for yourself there, dude. <laughs> but you know, you got you got a uh, you got a situation in the Eagles, and I would love to be in their film room to find out what's going on. You looked at what the Cardinals did to those guys uh, and Michael Vick. He has no offensive line, but we won't make the excuses for him not having an offensive line. The offensive coordinator last year they had a defensive line coach of. Uh, coaching offense or vice versa, but they never had a steady offensive line. And you put Michael Vick behind that line, expect him to do what he does best, and I think it's run first and then open up the pass. But then you look at the receivers he has, you will want to pass the ball. You look at the running back he has, you will want to run the ball. Take the game out of Michael Vick's hands, that way you wouldn't cause a lot of fumbles. But again, I'm on the outside looking in, whether I know the game or not, I need to be in the film room and find out are these correctable mistakes or why are we making mistakes? What's going on? Or what is everybody thinking? During football season, that's the only thing you should be worrying about outside of your family and, and, and anything else like that. You have nothing else to do. You signed up for this for four months, take care of football, and then you have, I mean, there's no off season in football, but then you have, you don't, you're not being physically beaten up or mentally beaten up, um, but just take care of what you're supposed to take care of for the football season whether that's uh, from the first game or to the last game and that being a Super Bowl. I don't understand what these guys are thinking and, and, and doing their, well, Sam, their regular season. I'm curious, too, because over the um – over the summer, I'd read where you know Michael Vick was studying films and looking at everything that he was doing wrong. And I actually wrote to uh, one of his handlers and said, you know, let me talk to the guy because what he's doing is absolutely wrong for what he should be doing. Watching the films, yes. Concentrating on what you did wrong, no. Um, I don't know where his head's at right now, but obviously it's not in the right place. And Michael. he just keeps going down the tubes, and it's sad to watch because he's got talent. I think he's doing what Donovan did. He's buying into what the media believes how he should be a mm-hmm. quarterback. Well, you're a quarterback, and they drafted you and gave you all that money. Even when that, let's go to Michael Vick's situation for a reason. You just got out of jail, and you got a multi another multi year deal. You're the only quarterback that had two hundred million dollar deals uh, in NFL history. It's something about you that that can win football games. Now, most coaches are nice, <laughs> nice psychologists, and they can't get across people. So you should always have those type of people in your building. Find out what's going on with him. What is on his mind? What is he doing? How does he does he feel like he needs to take matter in his own hands? That's when you make a lot of mistakes when there's no trust. You make a lot of mistakes in your life and your and your and your position when you don't trust anybody around you. Right, and he's got to go back and figure out who he is. Just like you said, that you know he he's in this league for a reason. He's done extremely well for a reason. Is getting paid that type of money for a reason. He needs to go back and remember what that reason is and start playing like he's capable of playing. Uh-huh. And not what he's doing currently. Well, I mean, but I mean, let, let's let's look at this from the outsider's perspective. Has he done really well? I mean, he's put up great numbers. The reason why I think one of the one of the strong reasons why he got a hundred million dollar contract is because he puts people in the stands and he'll make money for the organization that he's with. Atlanta, Philadelphia. Has he done really well? Is he a Hall of Fame player? No. Well, because is he's he, not is he electric? And repeated. Well, sure, but great players are. 
You know, Tom Brady is. Aaron Rodgers is. Okay, he's got the opportunity to be a great player if he takes the skills that he's got and builds on it, but he hasn't done that. Well, maybe he had the opportunity. Go ahead. You saying Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame player right now? No, I'm saying he's a great player. He has a Super Bowl. Okay? There's a lot of guys that have Super Bowls and not in the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of guys that have two Super Bowls not in the Hall of Fame. When we put uh, more pressure on... uh, I'm saying quarterback-wise, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Yeah, I think it is true. You can look it up. That's easy. I will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. When you um, <laughs> when you look at, as a fans, when you're looking at, and I'm and I'm guilty of that. I look at this guy. I'm like, I'm expecting you to do more uh, as a fan, but I can't cater what I want for you for you to go do on the field. I don't know your game plan. I don't know what's going on. I'm seeing you dropping a lot of balls. I don't think I'm gonna give you a hundred million dollars twice to put people in the stands. I'm gonna give you a hundred million dollars to win football games, not just your image. Um, give give him the same the same leeway or latitude that you give every other quarterback in the league. We we just now talking about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan been in the league five, six years. We just now really talking about him being one of the elite quarterbacks. But we don't talk about his growing pains that it took him to get there. We look at these guys coming out of high, out of college, whether they be juniors or seniors, and they immediately have to play. And some of them have success. We looked at Cam Newton last year, great success. Look at Cam Newton this year, failure. Right. In, in the eyes of, of football, one and done. At, yeah, we look at Griffin and what he's doing, and we want to we want to put a label on them for our benefit. So when we're watching the game, we can feel good about what he's doing or feel bad about what they're not doing. That's just as a fan. Now we're all guilty of that. Yeah, so, I understand. Exactly. Give, but give, give give Michael Vick the same. He's an offense that's pretty much catered to him, and I think he has more than enough weapons around him to be successful. Right, it's just not happening. Right. So it's why is he a great quarterback then? Because he's given all the tools that are necessary for him. He has one of, he has a top three running back in the NFL. He has Deshaun Jackson, one of the most, or used to be one of the most electrifying players. Jeremy Macklin's, you know, holding his own. He's got a, he's got a solid tight end with Brent Selleck. They don't have a horrible defense. Why isn't he performing? Everybody, everybody makes excuses for him, but why is he not performing? He's fumbled the ball 30 times in the last 30 games. That's unacceptable for a, a for a great quarterback. So I don't understand why that I don't understand why he's a great quarterback just because he runs fast and because he makes maybe one or two electric plays a game and he can throw the ball 150 yards. It doesn't make you a great port. Jamarcus Russell could throw the ball out of the stadium, but he made 60 million dollars, played four games, and was out. Jamarcus Russell was an idiot. Well, so is Michael Vick. <laughs> Michael Vick is not an idiot. Uh, and well, he went to jail for two years. He's not necessarily. He's a guy who made a mistake. You don't stay in football. Because you athletically gifted, you stay in football because you can think. And I don't know. I'm a fan like you. I don't know what's going on in that film room. I would love to be in the film room. That's where I can understand things a lot better. Well, me seeing from the outside looking in, I'm making a judgment just like you are. I, I, I can go back to how bad Peyton Manning was when he came to Indianapolis, Tennessee, but he was in the right situation. I don't know what situation Mike Vick is in because he got a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I want him to play like a hundred million dollar man. I want him to do that as a fan, as a guy from my neighborhood. I want him to do those things, but I, I have no control of uh, what he do. He has to please himself and that those guys around him that he goes shows up for 16-plus games, he has to take care of that first. And I, and I, say, I said something about this earlier. I think every football team should have someone to analyze, to analyze these guys, cycle, analyze these guys, because they go through ups and downs during the season. Football is a very emotional game and expose everything about you as a person. 
Well, when you got so somebody who gets a contract like that, that size as well, no matter how good you were prior to it, it puts a lot of pressure on you. I mean, everybody looks at you different now that you're getting that kind of money. And, and, because and some guys can't. I'm not making excuses for the guy. Show up and win football games. Well, I absolutely agree. He needs to go find the help that he needs, no matter what it is, mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, skill-wise, whatever it needs, he needs to go find the help. Yeah, maybe he wasn't worth $100 million. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's no, the whole thing. He, he could have got $60 million. I would thought that was a lot of money. Well, and the other $40 million is marketing, is getting people in the stands for for a franchise that was in that, that was in, uh, in limbo from four NFC Championship games with Donovan McNabb. You need something else. And he was the spark. And now they well, they did believe in Philly. I mean, look at this. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're one game out of first place in that division. Granted, that might be one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. But, I mean, they're still in striking distance. And all he needs to do is hold on to the damn rock, and a lot of different, a lot of things could get better. That's football really what this comes down to. Football is a long season. What happened, we've seen teams, if you've been watching football since you was a kid, not, not you specifically, but we've seen teams have terrible first half season, Cardinals being one of them, and, and finish the season off 7-2 and two or 6-1. and one. Football is a long season. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, as I mentioned. But you have to stay the course and things will work out. If you believe in what you're doing, if you stay the course, if you keep veering off the road, you're never going to find out what you can and cannot do. I know for a fact that in a football season, it goes by so fast for a long time. But you have to stay the course, and you don't know what the second half of the season. They play six games. So there, and we break the games down in quarters, the first what is that? 16 games. Okay, we break them down. Very good. Uh, yeah, we break them down. So they right now, is a, they're in the second quarter of their season. Uh, in the middle of the second quarter of their season. Oh, well, in the beginning of the second quarter of their season. Stay the course. If you feel like you have enough to win, enough uh, of the right people in the right positions to win, stay the course and let everybody, all these pronosticators who want to make a radio show and talk about them, if let them talk about them. Just stay the course because you can only believe in what's in that locker room. You can't believe in those articles that's written by you, whether they be good or bad. I mean, guys fall into that. That's yeah, true. Into stuff. I mean, but I'm a fan. I'm a fan just like everybody else. So I want Michael Vick to be successful. Then I'm looking at him from the outside in and say, why are you dropping the ball so much? Why are you throwing this interception? I don't know what he sees in that pocket. I was not a quarterback in national football. League. Yeah. Uh, one thing, though, 11 out of the 32 teams are 3-3. Three and three. So that's Philadelphia is one of them. So... After all the bad things that have happened, I mean, they lost to the they lost to the Cardinals. They had a bad loss to Detroit. Uh, they can't, even though they're three and three. Can it get worse? I mean, turnover wise, they, they can. I mean, well, can. granted, it always get worse. Yeah, okay. You mentioned it yourself, Alex. You mentioned that's a tough conference they play in. It can get worse, but being that being that those guys play each other twice, uh, you know each other inside and out. Um, they may be able to pull it off. I think they have the Giants coming up next, and Giants just did some things to San Francisco. Who San Francisco, San Francisco the week before beat up on a Buffalo Bills 41-3. And you wonder how all this plays out when they go into the Cardinals. They just lose the game 41-3. Buffalo. San Francisco puts up 41 points. Yeah. Buffalo goes into Arizona and goes to overtime and win a football game. Now, the Giants got to go play San Francisco and beat them at home. Beat them on the road. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles, who we're talking about now, playing a divisional opponent in the Giants. Well, they know each other. And can it get worse? It could. But being that you play a team that you play every year twice uh, can pro, um, kind of put your team or your season into the right direction, or vice versa. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, we have to 
uh, we we got to move on to baseball. Uh, Unfortunately, we have, we have to move on to baseball. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So uh, <laughs> the NLCS: San Francisco, St. Louis, tied one-one, going back to St. Louis for Game Three. ALCS: Detroit has a two-zero lead over to New York. Blah blah. So blah. Uh, let's let, let's talk about a couple really important things that have happened since the last time you've listened to us. Uh, first, <laughs> first, St. Louis, St. Louis was down two runs, seven to five, in the in the bottom in the top of the ninth um, against Washington in Washington. Score four runs to catapult them into the NLCS, which is something that. Maybe never will happen again. It's one of those spectacles in sports that are un- you can't explain them. Like when the Red Sox came back from 3-0 against the Yankees to go to the World Series. There's some things you just can't explain, and that, I believe, is one of them. Uh, the other- Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You wanted to say what something? Happened? No, what Cindy's happened? trying to say Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Let me say this. Let me say this. Oh, you guys see? are doing a great job up there. I just want to I want to say that, uh, and I appreciate everything you're doing over at the station, and and uh, as well as your outside stuff too. Uh, a lot of a lot of you guys have uh, things you do. Now, real quickly on this baseball. <laughs> Having said I'm that, not, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. I think you guys talked about this. I'm not a huge fan of how St. Louis got into this playoff. I'm not a huge fan of that one and done. If you're not, and it's, I think it's just marketing, I think it's television, more revenue, put one more game on it, make it a playoff. Well, look how they came into the season last year. I think they beat the Braves. And Braves, that was teams that could control their own destiny, and they didn't do it. St. Louis gets in. They win the World Series. Okay, right now they're in a battle with the, the Giants. Mm-hmm. I think they're, what is it, a 1-1? 1-1, yeah. Right now? Yeah. Yeah, they're in a battle with the Giants right now. But they've already been playoff tested. They've had the playoffs to get it to, to get to this point. Uh, the Giants was already a team that was already in the playoffs. So now, St. Louis Cardinals, in my opinion, feel like we have nothing to lose but everything to gain. So we're going to approach it this way. We're going out there. We're swinging at anything close. Uh, we're going to play some great defense. Yeah. And it's going to always come down to pitching. Yeah, I mean, well, well lest we forget, uh, San Francisco came, de- came back from a 2-0 deficit going back to Cincinnati for three games and won all three games. So I think right. that they are battle-tested just in, a di- in different oh, regard. In different regard. So, Detroit did the same thing. Yeah, so, yes. So, I mean, having said all that, I do want to talk about, so I gave the shout-out for baseball. I do want to talk about one thing that um, is, is really important to sports fans all over. The injury to Derek Jeter, people I think are looking at as something different than what I think it is. I think it just pops the balloon for the Yankee organization. I don't think that these playoffs matter uh, in the grand scheme of things, but I think when people look back on this in in, in baseball lore and they're like, oh, the, the, the Yankees made the playoffs, oh, that was the year Derek Jeter got hurt. So things supersede sports, and Derek Jeter and Ray Lewis we'll talk about because he's out for the year also, uh, but that's not in a playoff run right now. I think Derek Jeter just being on the field, if he was in a wheelchair at shortstop and let every ball get through, the Yankees would have a better chance to win than not having him on the field. So you I mean, you make a good point. There, there are guys like that on, on certain teams, on professional teams. I think Larry Center was one of those guys for the Arizona Cardinals. What, what happened to Derek Jeter was uh, happening with – during the season, and he was taking cortisone shots to even be on the field. Uh, this guy may not make, as, as you mentioned, Alex, to your point, he may not make a play-all game, but him being on the field makes those other eight guys that much better. Uh, just just his leadership and, and his, his the aura that he brings on on game day. Uh, no, plus so, you've got it now. Let's do it for Jeter. So I mean that you know plays into it as well. well and I would go on most teams. Yes, the leader of the team. There is a, a a standout leader, and Jeter definitely is a leader on the Yankees. But the Yankees is an all-star team. 
Um, they have nine leaders on that team and then some. Um, so for him to go out, yes, it's a big hit, but it shouldn't be all or it, it shouldn't make that big of a difference on the Yankees. He's he's the captain. That's his nickname is the captain of the most heralded franchise maybe of all sports. Did you say that again? The captain, El Capitan. <laughs> he is the most important player maybe in Yankees history. Not not the greatest, not the not not Ouch. the biggest numbers, not the biggest numbers. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't alive in the 50s, Kwame, when you were watching the Yankees. Uh, but he is that, is that a moonwalk you're doing right now? There's no. a lot of there's a lot no. of substantial Yankees out there. No, he is maybe the most important Yankee to ever put well, on the jersey. You, you, well, I say this: you worded correctly for argument's sake. That it, important, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys, uh, you know, that's better than Dirk Jeter, but important. Yeah, he is a very important to, to that organization. That's why he wanted to stay there. That's why I was so much fussed when he came into this contract uh, that he had. He got what was it this year? Last year. We, we want to see guys like Dirk Jeter finish for in a Yankee organization because any other uniform, you were forced to retire. It's like me saying Joe Montana in the Kansas City Chiefs uniform. I, I don't want to see that as a player. We want our, we want our players as fans to finish up with one team. Uh, but, yeah, he is an important guy for the team. But to Cindy's point also, they are also, they pay for what they get. One man down, next man up. Let's go ahead and win that baseball game. Look at what happened on Game 5. Joe Girardi benches A-Rod. A-Rod is one of should, a very... He should have been benched. But he, yeah, but no, he's, he's not. Very... Don't you dare say it. A leader? <laughs> he's a leader, you think? He's a very important cog in the Yankees' wheel. Because he gets paid $275 million for a contract. That's what makes him important. Uh-oh. He hasn't he's, been, re- he has been relevant leader. He has been relevant since he's been with the, when it was with uh, Texas. He's a leader of the club get, scene. Y'all gonna get me fired. Yeah. Y'all gonna get me fired. I'm supposed to be in meetings right now. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> but we got you here talking baseball. Well, they're not paying me either. They owe me something. Right? <laughs> That's right. Well, no pay, no play, dude. This is awkward. No pay, no play. Uh, so the Derek Jeter thing, I think, um, was is, is the most important thing that's happened, besides maybe the St. Louis uh, comeback with, with one run down. Everything else, we'll kind of see what happens. Uh, the big game tonight is uh, Detroit uh, takes on the Yankees at home with Justin Verlander on the mound. If the Yankees don't win this one, then you can kind of stick a fork in them. I don't think that there's going to be any real... Uh, any real comeback even thought about with the Yankees? And I think that the Yankees will fold, in my opinion. I don't think that this is like a win-win for the Gipper thing. I think that they, they look at their paychecks. They don't give a damn, really, what happens. Look, look at There's no camaraderie. You can't pay everybody $100 million and then be like, okay, go be a team. It's too many Chiefs this, uh, and not enough Indians. Though. I don't know. What does that mean? Though. There's uh, no player in the world gonna look at his paycheck and say, let's get out of here and go enjoy something. They're gonna be <coughs> that they have to win it. There's no one player in the world to do that. They may talk about it before the game and they may talk about it after the game, but when you're in the game, it's about how can we find a way to win? Or, you know, sometimes it's like competitive juices. Man, we leave we leave them in a football game. I mean in any kind of game, they build confidence and now we're in a dog fight. Robinson well, uh, you know what money is one thing, but yeah, not doing the course of a game. I, I understand what you're saying, but I just want to throw it out before I left so I can move and walk out of here. And going back <laughs> going back to the what you guys were saying before about Andy Reid on the loss of his son, Joe Girardi just lost his dad last week too. Does that have any impact on his manager managerial ability now? I lost everybody four takes of my life. De- I can't get back. Everybody <laughs> takes death different too. Yeah, I mean I Joe Girardi's not hitting the ball. He's not doing anything. Robinson Cano, A-Rod, Curtis Granderson, and Nick Swisher combined 12 for 107 for a 112 batting average with seven combined RPIs in the playoffs. That is not coaching. That is not anything. Those are numbers. 
those are numbers that, that that's I mean being stat driven uh, being a stat driven sport that 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 shows the tell of the tape right there. We got to stop. You We're know, going. Baseball, hey. baseball is a failure. Baseball is a failure sport. I'm at the bat ten times, and all I got to do is hit it three times, and I'm a winner. I thought you were moonwalking. Bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kwame, uh, we, we got to do we got to do down and dirty with Deborah. Oh, we we are allowed to do down and dirty with Deborah. We have the privilege to get down and dirty with Deborah. Is what I should have said. All right, bye, man. I'm out. Oh man, <laughs> be that way. Oh shucks. <laughs> no, I gotta go for real. Have fun in your all thriller right. tour. We're gonna talk about uh, January 4th at the Legacy. 14. Golf tournament. 14. January 14th. Yes, that's what I say. Okay. Yeah, boy. Go ahead. Down and dirty with that one. <laughs> All right. All right. Go. Good to hear your voice, dude. Yeah, take care. Have fun there. Thanks. All right. We're going to talk about the bye week and uh, whether that's a week where the team should be working or playing as an individual player. And here's what doesn't work. What doesn't work during a bye week is watching game films and ripping yourself apart or your team members or your coaches. Watching and listening and reading the media is not going to work. Going out and partying definitely is not going to work. Listening to your friends, your family, the well-wishers, and all the people giving you opinions, stop it. It's never going to work. Thinking that you suck, <laughs> that ain't going to work. Worrying what's going to happen to you and then you know, having it just screw up your mind big time. Here's what is going to work. Well, let's go back to what isn't going to work. Another thing is thinking you're on vacation because Kwame said it earlier that this is football season. This is a freaking job. Even when you're in your bye week, this is part of the job. What does work is watching game films, watching games films and observing what you did right and then practicing those moves over and over again in your mind. You're not out on the field. You're not practicing on the field. But what you do in your mind, since your mind doesn't know the difference between real or imagined, what you do in your mind is going to make you better on the field. You can also watch game films and observe what you didn't do right. Observe where you need to improve and then practice Practice perfect execution. Practice over and over and over again. When you do it right, when you do it with imagination, when you bring in the emotional aspect of it, again, it lights up your brain in the exact same way as it would as if you were actually doing it. It floods your body with the chemicals that would happen when you were actually on the field playing it. That's the way you can go through a bye week. Rest. This is your time to rest your body, your mind, and your emotions. You're going to build your resilience for the rest of the season. Feed your soul. This is so important, and I've got so many of the players that I work with that this is a time when they can step back and actually feed themselves internally. you got to look at distractions, turn them off, start going with your instincts. Too many times players will take this time and they'll start looking, and even during the weeks, they'll start looking at what did they do wrong, and then they start trying to adjust their play. When the reality is they don't need to adjust how they're playing, they need to adjust the way that they're playing. So you look at what is it that got you where you are. Go back and look at your great performances and your great plays and build your bank account of, I deserve this, I earned this, and I'm freaking amazing. Build that up within yourself by remembering what you do that's right. Figure out and look at what do you know, what do you know works, because you've done this before, you've been successful before, or you wouldn't be in a, at a pro level. And then look at how are you going to execute what works better. Instead of trying to change up everything that you're doing, execute what you've done better, quicker, and with a greater level of determination. So remember, the bye week is still a week when you're on the job. Stay focused so you can get the results that you need. Check me out at yourclearedge.com.
Bam. But bam. Maybe you should call Philip Rivers and see. Sure. Uh, see uh, Let him give him some pointers on what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So watching, how much of this is what I'd be doing is I'd be sleeping. My mind would be off. I mean, that's in my opinion. If Kwame, it's a restful sleep. Do you spend time with family? Yeah, like because Kwame always talks about how you know football is twenty is a twelve month job, twelve month a year job, which is right. a full year for those that don't know math. Uh, <laughs> so, so the bye year, week. Well, so the bye week. I mean, wh- wouldn't you be watching games on Sunday? Would you? No. So, so you say no. nothing about competition. Well, here's the thing: other pl- every player is a little bit different. Players I've worked with typically they don't want to watch, even when they're off on injury. You know, they don't want to. Wa- um, if they're going to watch other players playing. Sunday, Monday night, Thursday night football. They don't want to get totally involved in the game. It's going to build again. It's going to you know stress them out, and it, it's going to detour from their healing process. What they can do is watch it as a fan. Watch it and actually observe the game as a fan and enjoy it. Watch the college games. You know those type of things. Depends on where they're at. If it's a bye week, they've got one week off. They've got to build their resilience, build their body. They get the shit beat out of them every single week they need to allow their body their mind save and their, their emotions clip. pardon no save, save that the, clip go ahead for what reason no, i'm just kidding go ahead continue <laughs> i can say it again if you want um <laughs> so, so the bye week is a week to you know build their resilience back build their body mind and emotions back and then turn around and also look at we got a game coming up and if they're going to you know look at the game films for the game that's coming up they've got to practice those plays in their mind if they're not going to practice them on the field until they get to the next week whenever they're actually going to practice it on the field. When you build your mind and your emotions, then your body's going to follow. So the disconnect between watching the games live and watching them in the in the film room is it's more looked at like homework as opposed to watching as a fan. Like say say some players I'm sure can't disconnect. They have those they have those competitive juices. They they can't be a fan. Well part of it is if you're watching other teams playing on, you know, Sunday night or, you know, Sunday during the day or whatever and you're watching it from a technical level my question is, what good is it? Because if you're not playing them next week, there's not a whole lot of benefit to watching it. You get frustrated, you get upset. You know, you might learn something, but probably not. You know, you're only going to be putting yourself in that position and say, this is what I would have done if I would have would have mm-hmm. been there. So when you're, if you're going to watch game films again, instead of watching game films, you're looking at two things. You're looking at, you know, how are you going to play against your opponent, and what are your opponent's tells. You know, what can you look at so that you're looking, you're, you narrow your focus in to see what you're, you know, what you, the guy across the line from you, what does he do? And then you also bring your focus out so you can see what else is going on in the field so you can learn your cues so when you're on the field next time, you know exactly what to do without giving yourself away. Hmm. Maybe Tony Romo could use you too, I would think. Sure. That's, uh, Give my number. Yikes. You're tight. Now, you're down tight. and dirty with Deborah. Always good stuff. YourClearEdge.com. Now we're going to do a little new segment. We're going to blow through this break because I want to talk some more. Uh, we're going to do this new segment we have called Best and the Worst of the last week that we've been off the air because we only get an hour a week. Shameless plug. Give us more time. Um, Cindy, I'm going to start with you. Oh, good. No baseball. Okay. I'm just Really? I, yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm going off the grid today, literally. So you want best, worst, first? Sure. Best and the worst. Okay, so the best for me um, right now is there's a tribute today 
at 1.19 p.m. in honor of Dan Weldon. Um, one year ago today, he died in a plane crash in Las Vegas at the Speedway. I was at the race, um, actually spoke to him before the race. Um, they're doing 22 minutes of silence in his honor, starting at 1.19 today. So um, if everyone is uh, able to, whoever is able to, at 1.19, take a moment to honor a great racer who lost his life a year ago. That could be both. That's my best. Okay. No, my worst. Uh, Michael Vick owns a dog now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just picturing, I saw that he wants to break the cycle of abuse by buying a dog. Um, I just, I found that appalling. I was picturing it from the dog's perspective and being in a kennel and watching him walk up and all the other dogs are going, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't kick me. <laughs> oh, dude, you are screwed. Um, I, I just don't see that that's a good he didn't. I, well, that we can talk a whole show about that. Unfortunately, we're running out of time a little bit. Uh, go ahead. Okay, best and the worst. Uh, they're both out of the same column. It's on uh, October 10th in the uh, Arizona Republic, talking about two moms and uh, high school, no, flag football, eight and nine-year-olds. One of the moms is, is talking about, you know, after the game, they're going to go run some errands. They've got some fun stuff lined up, that type of thing. The other mom is talking about, no, we're not going to do all that. We're going back. We're going to watch some game films. We've got to get iced up. We've got to do a lot of things again. Listen to the wee, wee, wee. Um, it really talks about how one parent looks at their child and sees um, money, sees um, significance, sees all sorts of things in their child for themselves. So they put a lot of pressure on their kid that they've got to be the absolute best. Um, the mother even made the comment, thank God, for sports psychologists, which is really sad at the age of nine and, you know, eight and nine years old, where the other mom has seen football as a game, a game to improve, uh, you know, somebody's skills, give them some camaraderie, but also, uh, and some leadership, but also build the child and understand that this still is a child. So best and the worst in one column. Cool. Um, my best has to be St. Louis coming back. Uh, two outs in the ninth. Coming back, just showing their resilience. I don't know how they do what they're doing. I mean, going back to what Kwame said, I have no idea how this is possible. That The stars align when Atlanta had the epic collapse. I think they were up 13 games uh, at one point in August last year. They end up losing, and St. Louis makes the playoffs, wins the World Series. Again, down to one strike and one out in Game 6 when David Freeze hit the ball off the wall or hit a home run or something to that effect. Uh, and then the worst has to be, oh, the Chargers. Uh, <laughs> mine are just more, you know, run of the mill. G- giving, up, giving up 35 points in the second half just isn't, well, I mean, I would say giving up 21 points and then uh, having Phillip Rivers give the other team 14 points it would probably be more accurate. I'm just I'm so frustrated with with the Chargers. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. There's no sense of urgency. There never has been. And uh, hopefully, when North Turner gets out at the end of the year, uh, things will change. Mm. Now we talk about our special guests. Before in studio, we have Cricket Barrientos, uh, the founder of one of the newest and best charities in the Greater Phoenix area, and probably will be the world in years to come. Sounds of Autism. Cricket, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, thanks for coming in. Uh, I want you to tell me and tell everybody else a little bit about Sounds of Autism. 
First, I would like to thank Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio Show for having us on today. Um, this is a great cause. Sounds of Autism is a new nonprofit organization uh, created to bring a voice into our communities to raise autism awareness. I'm a mom of a 10-and-a-half-year-old autistic son and a sibling daughter that's 12 years old. And looking back at our lives as a family of autism, I feel a voice is needed. Um, in 2006, when I moved here, it was one in 386 kids that had autism, and six years later, it's one in 88. So this is an epidemic that's getting worse. Um, so this voice, uh, we're going to have a industry auction night. It's a bachelor, bachelorette, bachelorette date auction hosted by Lindsay Liu from the ABC, mm-hmm. uh, The Bachelor Show. It's going to be hosted by the Mint Nightclub. They're going to um, graciously allow us to use their nightclub to support our charity. It's Thursday, October 18th at 8 p.m. And uh, the Mint is located in Old Town Scottsdale on Camelback and Saddlebag. And we encourage everybody to come out and help us out. All right, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cricket, uh, Cricket actually is the general manager at my uh, other job. Uh, so I am working with her a little bit. Deborah is working with her as well. So this is kind of a familial thing, and um, I think... Only only good things will come from this. Soundsofautism.org. You can email Cricket if you have any questions, any events that that you'd like to be a part of. Cricket at soundsofautism.org. And we'll give your cell phone number out. I don't want anybody. Uh, <laughs> Thank well, anybody and also, to. also go out on Facebook and like Sounds of Autism, like the Balance the Spectrum of Autism. Uh, get your voice out there. Even if you're not the parent of an autistic child or grandparent of an autistic child, Get your voice out there. Make yourself heard. Go out and donate. Um, when I met Cricket and started coming into this organization, I was so emotionally touched by what goes on with an autistic child and their family and the amount of stress that they're under. And knowing that an autistic child has such brilliance within them and such sensitivity about them, its they're truly amazing. And too many people look at these children because they may look or act a little bit different and make judgments rather than looking at these children for what they are and who they are, which are brilliant, amazing beings um, that can teach us so much. So take the opportunity to learn about autism. It's a neurological disorder. It's not a disease. It's not retardation. Many of these children are borderline geniuses, if not geniuses. Um, so take the time. Take a look. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Of, please go like the Facebook page. Uh, in the upcoming months, in the beginning of next year, when we have events, we might be sending, you know, if, if you like us on Facebook, you might get a little something. You, you know, we might. Uh, you'll definitely know about all the events that will be coming up because that is one of the main avenues uh, that we're going to be able to get out, the cricket's going to be able to get out all the information having to do with sounds of autism. A lot, of, a lot of good meetings have been happening recently. There's a lot of a, lo- a lot of things brewing. Uh, Raven, the executive assistant, is is taking she's taking a, a big role here in uh, in starting up this um, starting up this charity. So I really think that uh, only good things are to come. Well, and here's the thing: there's a number of things that you could do to help out. Again, go out and like you know sounds of autism, the Facebook balance the spectrum of autism on Facebook. But also look at what might you be able to do when you've got one in 88 families that are affected, um, or one in 88 children um, that are diagnosed with autism. There's probably somebody that you know. If it's not in your, if it's not somebody in your family, could be somebody at work. Reach out and find out who's being touched. You know, we can come to your office. We can give presentations. 
um, you can volunteer to help out. You can offer for us to have an event that you're having and have the funds from that event go to the Sounds of Autism. And then we take part of those funds and we actually go out to families here in the community, in and around Arizona, and offer them the opportunity to be able to learn through modern technology and techniques um, how they can learn to dial down the stress within their family and also with the autistic child themselves. So it's your time to step up. Yeah, well said. well said. I, Thank you, Deborah. I appreciate welcome. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. You did a good job. Thank you. Oh, I, I won't. I won't put you on blast. But, oh uh, my gosh, here we go. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it's again. There's going to be a lot of good things. Check them out. Soundsofautism.org. Follow on Facebook. You're going to see incessant posts by myself, Raven Cricket, um, Courtney is our, our marketing, uh, our marketing. Uh, Ambassador, what, what is she? Market, market, <laughs> representative. Market representative. Sorry, we all just got new. You and I are PR, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously I did a horrible job. Um, That's okay. Yeah, you can learn. Well, just knowing that people are out there. My, I have a daughter with Creedy Shaw syndrome. She has autistic tendencies, but she's a one in fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a Facebook page, which is and some support. But just knowing that there's other people out there. Um, you're not alone because um, a lot of times when your kids are having behaviors and when you're in a stressful situation, you feel like you're the only one that's dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just knowing that there's a group out there who's there for you and supportive of you makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we kind of have to cut the conversation short. We're about to get out of here. Uh, sorry to get all serious on you guys there for a second, but I think this no, is you're not, really because it's a good cause. I, I was well, if you would have <laughs> cut me off, Miss Construction Lady. Uh, <laughs> Cindy Liska, Deborah Debris, very special guest, Cricket from Sounds of Autism. Check, check out soundsofautism.org. Good things are going to be coming. I'm Alex Clancy. We will see you next week. Promise some Laker talk next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.